This week on the podcast, we're talking how to make dragons special in your game. They're in the name. You might as well do them right. Welcome to We Speak Common. Cool, I think we're good to go. Were you yawning? No, I was just waiting for the podcast uh, to begin. I'm going to yawn now, though. Uh. Wow, that was like a false yawn, actually, like, brought on a real one. It's like when... Oh, God. It's like when you uh, you see a dog yawning across the room and it makes you yawn. Sure. Did you know, right? Say, yeah. Did you know that when you yawn, it's not because you're tired, it's because your brain has a lack of oxygen. And the reason you yawn when you see someone else yawning is because your brain goes, oh, no, they're taking all the oxygen. And so then you yawn to try and get some. I feel like that's false. No, 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 that is true. Oh, Google it, honestly. Google it. Google it, mate. Google it. It's true. This is a weird way to start the podcast. Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is uh, what we're here to talk about. Cool, 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 cool. Email in. We've got an email, haven't we? We have got an email, Joe. Um, the email is from Kyson Parker. Kyson is an interesting name. It's spelled K-Y-S-O-N. I like it. I'm probably saying it wrong. I mean, I'll do, uh, I mean, if you, listen, if you listen back to our Norse episode, oh, I mean, we dear. all know names Ooh, are difficult. Um, Kyson has been in touch before, and he's he's bring, brought us uh, another another good good little topic to start off with, um, before we delve into the meat of this episode, which is uh, that he wants to build some mystery type adventures in his campaign so mm-hmm. he's talking murders kidnappings and other suspense building crimes he couldn't think of a third one apparently um but he's run into a problem when trying to prep prep, prep, prep <laughs> crime solving <laughs> sessions oh dear uh, i want to come up with how the local law enforcement will try to solve the crime and how the criminal themselves will commit it and i realized that with D being a high magic game there would definitely have to be some involvement with magic in both the committing of the crime as well as the solving it this is where I run into trouble because I'm having a hard time working out how people with access to magic would solve crime and how it would affect how crime is committed. Love to hear you guys talk about it a little uh, and some of your ideas or even experiences you've had with things like this in campaigns in the past. So what I like about this, Ben, is the answer is in the question, Ben. It is, it is, and it's there's there's many answers as well. The problem is, oh no, how do I incorporate magic? Maybe they just don't have magic. <gasps> yes, I mean, no. well, so there that's are, that's one answer. There are many ways to go about it. So I like to think, um, you know, when if you're doing this at a low level in a, uh, it's more effective at in low like level. a village or something. You know, yeah. maybe you've got a creepy oni or something walks in about murdering people, disguised, etc. He's a barman. Yeah, that could be yeah, fun. That's, um, I like that actually. I do. You don't necessarily. Maybe the the, the local law enforcement is like ten guardsmen. Who are like part time? It's proper small village, you or, know. or they're just drastically understaffed. Yeah, and they just don't. All the men have been murdered by the only. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, they're really lower numbers of late, and maybe they don't have access to really powerful magic. Maybe one of them can cast light or something. That's their best, their best defense <laughs> against the darkness. Um, That's quite poetic. Yeah, That's yeah, absolutely. Okay. Oh, oh, wow. Thanks, Ben. Cheers, <laughs> cheers for that. Sorry. Um, so I think that's a way to do it. Interestingly, when the party comes along and they do have a bit of magic, that's like their... They're the saviors. ...to solve the crime now. You know, mm-hmm. the people will go to them and say, hey, you seem like a capable bunch. I saw you shooting Fight fire out goblins. your hands and yeah. whatnot. Maybe you can handle this. I think in a... Um, Either more high fantasy setting or a kind of higher level when a you're interacting. Yeah, when yeah. you're interacting with pe- people who do have access to magic and stuff, you can just build the crimes in a way that basically makes it. 
Because if you think about it, if you're a criminal in this world mm-hmm. and you know this magic exists and you're trying to commit a crime and get away with it, your, your plan is going to incorporate ways to mitigate um, the effectiveness of that magic at catching you. Yeah. I don't think the criminal has to use magic to be effective. I no. think you can go and steal something, you can murder someone, whatever, and get away with it. I like the idea that, for instance, okay, well, what if we've got the detective cleric who goes to the dead person and speaks to dead and says, oh, who killed you? Oh, this guy. Okay, we've, we've got him. Okay, maybe the assassin thinks about this up front and he slits his throat from behind. He or, never sees yeah, his he attacker. Yeah, mask or yeah. something, yeah. He never sees his attacker. Yeah, I so th- I like this. There's, I feel like there's two ways you can do it. You either do it the, the there's no magic involved and the players bring the magic in with them, like the low-level kind of way, or you do it the other way where you think, right, well, all of these people, the criminal who commits the crime, the, the guards who are trying to solve the crime, whatever it is, whether it's a murder or kidnapping or whatever, they live in a world of magic, so they know the limits of that magic. So maybe the criminal takes the lengths to protect himself from certain scrying spells or you know or uses pass without trace that he he, he pays a, 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 a dodgy wizard for the scroll of or something do you know what I mean mm. he takes those extra magic precautions which are natural to them because they live in a world with magic mm-hmm. it only feels unnatural to us because we live in a very mundane boring universe with no magic magic's ball. real Ben okay. I mean it is you've just got it's to look just, for it it's just hidden and not a lot of people know about it Joe you just got to itch nail on it sorry, no, sorry, yeah, you yeah. know um, sworn to secrecy First by the order magic club hey, mate anyway um, I'll have to edit that out now <laughs> God, I hope I don't forget so you know there's, there's a number of ways but the other thing I like as well is that um, if you if you plan this crime in a, in a magical world and you think, oh, th- th- your cleric example, like, oh, the cleric will just go and you speak, speak with dead, or, or or some necromatic spell like that. Well, let's look at settings that already exist in the world of D and D. Let's go to Faerun because we're spending a lot of time there at the moment. You and I with Dragon Heist. In Dragon Heist, in Waterdeep, it is against the law to cast any sort of raise with dead, speak with dead spell. You have to get clearance for that. So if you're, you know, planning a, a suspenseful who killed the mayor of X city in this world and your players turn up and go, right, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just cast speak with dead with the mayor. Then everyone's gonna be like, whoa, no, that's really disrespectful and actually kind of gross. You're disgusting. Get out of my face. We don't want none of that necromatic stuff in here. I love the idea as well. If you say you're on the hunt for like a serial killer or something, right? Mm. And I I love the idea that maybe, okay, you, you go speak with dead when um, you find the, this uh, this guy's been killed and you want to find the attacker and maybe the uh, serial killer wears a mask or something but mm-hmm. the mask has a um, has a special maybe, spell on it well maybe it has like a note on it or something that, that he knew you were going to speak with dead and he knew this info was going to be passed to you so when you say what did the person look like mm. the dead corpse just reads the note which is the serial killer then like mocking you for That's trying cool. it because he's already, thought, like that. he's already yeah. thought this far ahead maybe he purposely leaves some trace of himself at the crime mm. so you can scry on him and then we are scrying on him again he knew you were going to scry on him so he's set up this elaborate thing to you know send you on the on the goose chase uh, yeah. even more you yeah, know yeah. so let's let's go back to the the example i'm currently reading patrick ruffis's books um 
Name of the Wind series. Uh, we talked about it with the guys last week from World Forge. We mentioned it. Uh, was that on our episode or theirs? I forget. Now. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, I don't know. It sure goes by and a blur. But um, like they, in his universe, scrying is done with blood or hair of the person. So to stop someone from scrying, he like puts a bit of blood in a bottle and lets the sea take it away so that you know, the scry points him in the wrong direction. You basically do the D&D version of that. You can mm. with, with the criminal that could be really cool. Question: Do you think actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf is a good good example of uh, suspense in one of our games? Sure, yeah. We can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're going to have to do a little bit of uh, background explaining okay. about actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf is uh, an internet meme um, made by a comedian. It's a song about Shia LaBeouf as if he were a cannibal, and someone might in the not world, be that far from the truth. It might not be. Who knows? Someone out there in the D and D fandom. I hate that word. Why? Oh, I hate that word. In the in the posse, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> someone out on the internet made a stat blog for actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, and I used it for an adventure. Right, turns out actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf was uh, kidnapping and eating people from a small town um, that the your party came across at level. I think we were like five, five or six, six. Something yeah, like that, yeah. Something like that it was quite early on, and. Um, that was a suspense building thing because, well, I mean, we, we talked about it with the guys at Worldforge a little bit about how, I think we talked about this last week actually, about how the guardman, a guardman was like at his wits end because they couldn't, they, they didn't have any way of working out who he was or, you yeah, know. And that had some depth to it because we had to then convince the guardsman to get over his own sort of like insecurities <laughs> and failures and stuff like that. He'd to, just given up on life. To then give us the information to go on with and then he came with us for a little bit of the yeah. way. It was a whole like thing, you know. So you can pull in aspects um around other than just, you know, investigation checks, finding out clues, stuff like that. I think the main problem with uh, mysteries I have is not necessarily this magic issue. I've never found that to be a uh, an upfront, you just incorporate it. Yeah, an upfront yeah. problem. But it's more so that the way you think when you're building a mystery is like never the way the players think when they're trying to solve it. No. You know, and they're going on all these tangents and like... So Maybe I'll, it was the barman and yeah. you're like, what barman are you... What, who are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. You're often having to like move clues around to yeah. just facilitate where the players are looking. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like my mystery is just never going to get solved. Well, that comes back to our discussion a few weeks ago about like plot keys and, and how you can make a, a few of them, a handful of them that can be found in a, in a different manner of way. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think mysteries in D&D are one of the harder things to pull off. They are tricky. Um, but it's not impossible. You just have to put in the extra work, and it and it does feel like work at times. But when you pull it off well and your players experience it the way you want them to, it's really rewarding. I also think a really fun part of it is, if say, like going on this sort of serial killer idea, mm-hmm. I think it's really good to give the players the option, okay, they can definitely catch this person. This is like a, a potential outcome, right? Mm-hmm. But if they get the wrong person, they capture someone else. Like, just the, roll the, with it. Yeah, just, the that, guards are going to go with it. Yeah. That person gets hung. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then have like four or five levels later, this serial killer come back and they're like, oh, okay, so we've got this person killed who wasn't the serial killer. And maybe this was a serial killer's plan all along is to I like really frame like as yeah. many people as possible. You could basically make Joker. <laughs> okay, so maybe the serial killer, knowing about all this magic and the, the capabilities that the party has, 
maybe he leaves other people's belongings and stuff at the crime scene. Like so, to frame people. So yeah, so you end yes. up scrying on other people, yeah. you know. Maybe he, the, the person's killed with like a, a, a butcher's mallet or something, and then he leaves the butcher's mallet at the crime scene. So when you're scrying, just the poor butcher down the road, he's got no idea yeah. what's going on, he ends up taking the fall. So I like what you've done there, Joe, is you've taken a simple murder mystery and made a supervillain story. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Give your party a supervillain. If they, I mean, to be fair, I think supervillains are born out of the party's... Um, Actions. Anyway, I love the so. idea that the serial killer as well is like always just a level one like fire. He yeah. has a really basic. He can he can kill people, but only when he catches them on the drop. He's got no like magic or special powers anyway. <laughs> but it's one of those he's not a lich. But if if the party come across him and they're like level nine, they're just gonna flick him and he's gonna die. Yeah, exactly. He's like Mysterio <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he's just yeah. a normal guy. I know? like it. I like it. So um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's much helpful stuff there. Guys, I question this every time, Ben. I know, but that that's our two thought, our two cents. You, you know, it's doable. It's just difficult, but you, you can do it. We believe in you. Give Agreed. It a go. Give it a go. Cool. All right. Um, keep your emails coming to we speak common at hotmail.com. We've uh, we've had a few spam emails, <laughs> I'll be honest. I've started getting to the point where I, more than often than not, I'll look at the email and I'll be surprised when it's an actual email. And, and, not, that, and now it's getting even more confusing because real emails are labelling themselves as sort of uh, Arabian princes, um, which <laughs> yeah. makes it even more difficult to discern <laughs> who's real and who's not. He hasn't emailed us back. I know. And I, I replied to that one, so maybe it was just... Yeah, I'm, maybe I'm he questioning. actually was uh, some sort of, um, you know... A prince. Prince. Well, I'm, I'm questioning if he is. He's, he's more than welcome to fund us, like, go <laughs> for it, mate. Um, I, I'm questioning whether it was actually a real listener or if the spam emails have just got clever. Yes, they're so, adapting. Uh, Arabian prince, if you're out there, <laughs> please let <laughs> us know. Uh, Joe, what are we going to talk about properly? What's our, what's our main topic this week? Well, 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 well. For, for, allow me to introduce the listeners to uh, said topic. Um, yeah. because we play... what I want you to do. Thanks, man. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Let me take this over now from go, you and uh, introduce the listeners to this topic. Okay, go on, <laughs> thank you very much. Take it away. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so, so Sunday afternoon, we're both full of food. Yeah, <laughs> A little bit that is beer. it. I think that's what's in yeah. sort of cutting off the blood supply to my brain right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all that gravy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just flowing through my veins. Uh, all right, go on. What's, what, what is the topic, Joe? So, yesterday we were playing uh, a bit Dungeons and Dragons. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's relevant to this this, this section of the podcast, actually. Um, and uh, funnily enough, we were actually chasing a dragon, which you don't do that often in Dungeons I would and Dragons like to, as it goes. I would like to... Uh, objection, Your Honour. You weren't tracing him, you were tracking Denied. him. Yeah. You were, you Denied. were tracking him. Um, same difference. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so we were chasing along this dragon and... Tracking. Anyway, following this dragon, uh, we were caught catching up to him and I got the ideas for this topic because I think Ben did this very well. Thank you very much. Very, very well. He did the whole dragon encounter in a way that felt... Um, deserve it of such a majestic beast we should say that um, we haven't had the the encounter in in you know the actual terms of there hasn't been no, we wrapped up yet. we wrapped up just before initiative was about to be rolled uh, essentially uh, essentially a, a nice little cliffhanger i think um but that's what's great about this is you know without all the stats and the abilities and the th- fun things a dragon can do to harm a party and yeah. the battle that can ensue with flying around stuff like that. we're not really talking about the mechanics as such. I've, I've, I've just wetted the palette a little bit. Exactly. I've just sort of built the tension and, and given you a little, little, little feeling of what could be. 
I'm sorry, what was that been? No. Uh, no. <laughs> thanks, 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 <laughs> That exists on the internet now. Thank you very um, much. So, oh what was great about this, I think, is we can really highlight here how to enhance these dragon encounters and make them unique because they're, you know, they're in the name of the game. Uh, so, they're a huge part of the D&D experience. I think every party should fight a dragon at some point and it should be a lot, you know, it should be more than the sum of its stat block, basically. Yeah, and this is this is not by far your first dragon, um, our first dragon. We have fought dragons in the past and we are dragon sluts. I mean, we have, we've, we have a whole campaign. We've been around the block, mate. We've got a whole high-level campaign about trying to get down there and just mess up Tiamat. So, you know, we're getting there. Um, but, it, you know, there's there's me- what well, my point is, there's many different ways of doing it. So for context, the story is, in, in a roundabout way, the party um, previously in a session, uh, in many sessions previous, they had heard rumours of a dragon uh, being so- uh, sighted and, and doing, you know, just general bad stuff taking cattle and uh, burning villages and, and yada yada um, but this world hasn't seen dragons for over a thousand years um, they have been locked away on an island called Dragon Tooth Point aptly named by someone who just wanted to go home on a Friday mm-hmm. um, me <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so no one's no one's seen a dragon um, no one's seen one for, for hundreds and hundreds of years they've sort of the, the truths of them have been mixed in with the myth and the legend and the stories that are told to children but Having said that, the party saw one um, at the end of last session, off in the distance, very far away, the silhouette of it taking down an airship. Um, And so this was my first point of uh, congratulations, Ben, because um, the party were going along, we have a little wagon, our horses and stuff, we're going along this pathway. And you've got, got you're not just idling, you've got a destination. No, we've got a destination, and then this is the perfect introduction, it's just, we see a vast explosion in the sky. That is our introduction to this villain, yeah. this creature, is its immense raw power, but it's not up front in our face. We're at a safe distance. We're in no danger here, but we can see yeah. miles up in the sky. So far away, it's a silhouette. You can't yeah. see its colour. No, you no, can't no, because no. we, uh, me, you know, trying to plan ahead, really wanting to know what colour yeah. this, this is. Yeah, this I was like, I'm not was. giving you that info. <laughs> <laughs> but we see it smash into this airship. It blows up. We can just see destruction in the sky, mm-hmm. you know. Debris raining Debris down. and people falling, you know. Yeah. That's our introduction to this creature so instantly it's just like raw power indiscriminate violence unlimited power (laughs) (laughs) quite literally that was excellent Ben that was absolutely excellent (laughs) and it ties in because it was a blue dragon so it does shoot lightning give the game away early and so that was great and now I think what to highlight some cool parts about that is you are there are many ways to introduce dragons. You can say, oh, people, you know, maybe it's, we think there's a dragon up in this mountain. No one's seen it in a long mm. time, blah, blah, blah. That's that's a very interesting, you know, very Tolkien-ish way to do it. And, and to, be, to be fair, like, this isn't this isn't like, oh, suddenly there's a dragon 5,000 miles away. You, you've been hearing about this dragon. Since the first since session. Since the first session. And you've said to me, out of game, a number of times, like, when are we going to fight a dragon? Where is this? I've heard dragon? about this dragon so many times. When are we going to find it? And I mean, I'm like, well, and for I context, know, I've got know? a sword that does extra damage to dragons. Yeah, Joe's been got waiting a, a while to swing this damn sword at some dragons so it's got some got some backstory yes yeah, so well, you haven't but your ancestors have yeah yeah it's uh i, do, I just want to use extra 3d6 yeah so I, know, I, I know i know so, so i've been i've been i've been holding off but oh, i like the restraint of it okay mm. And so we we kind of we move on a little bit in that session, and then we don't play for months on end. <laughs> and we come <laughs> to this next session, and we're like, okay, this is dragon fighting session. Also, side note, oh my god, write your write your um 
summary of the last session and what's going to happen in the next one as soon as you say and we'll continue next session because yes, i did forget. that i did that i went to prep last week and i was like god i'm gonna have so much prep to do i'm gonna have to read back from my notes and what happened i opened up my document and it was just all there all i had to do was work out it's like a past you a few little bits was thinking of you now yeah yeah so do that oh my god do that but yeah go on and so well i'm like okay i'm going to session up we're gonna fight this dragon it's gonna be amazing no 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 ben said no okay which is um, something I appreciated in the end. Maybe I didn't at the time, but now <laughs> I do. Because it was drawn out. So first of all, we go to this crash site. Um, mm. We pick up another party member. Side story. Another person jumped yeah, into our game. So you, so you get to the, the airship crash site. And there's a lot of stuff you didn't find at the crash site that I want to tell you about. Because I put a lot of work into it and you didn't so find it. So this is where the ambiance begins to build. Yeah. So, so we've got blood. We've got destruction. There's like, you know. There's we can see bodies raw, laying on the floor. We can see raw carnage everywhere. And Fire. It was, and it was very vivid. It was apocalyptic. Yeah. Yeah. It's nature. So I um I put on some very dramatic music and I said you find your way into the the unnatural clearing. Think of a crop circle in a field of wheat, but in trees. Um, and there's wood and timber everywhere. There's fires smel- smouldering away. Those fires were meant to be a little bit of a red herring to think maybe you were finding a red dragon. Mm-hmm. You want? Mm-hmm. Um, there were body parts and people laying around the place. There was a small cabin that had been um, was hanging out of the tree, and there was the the um, tatters of the balloon in in branches and things. And we had uh, a player from another group join us, so you found him in the wreckage. Now the party rightly decided to do some investigation checks because they thought, oh, we can probably work some stuff out here. So they worked out that the airship belonged to the alliance of the the capital city. Um, that you know that you found dead bodies wearing the armor of the the rector's alliance and the vanguard and things like that. But there were bits you didn't discover. Um, in investigation checks, uh, you found they like they were like they were quite high. You're quite high. You're like ninth. You're ninth level. The others are eight. Mm-hmm. Um, they were quite high. They're like fifteenth level to to really find the actual information in in the carnage of the destruction. But you found scratching uh, scratching claw marks and teeth marks in the wood where the dragon had ripped the ship apart physically. You found um, oh what was it? It was teeth and claw marks. There was something else you found that I'm trying to remember. Well, I tried to figure out what type of breath weapon it was because old Galahad had done his research here and um, had yeah, read up just, on some dragons. He just didn't make the DC. He had the knowledge. He was just trying to figure out what this dragon was. And eventually, and this is another good thing you can do to reward your players if they are prepping mm. for these encounters, is give them that information they can then use because we found out later on it was a blue dragon, yeah. which we knew was lightning. So then we, we oh, that was it. build some lightning protections so before the, we go and fight it. The scratching claw marks, you had the fact that the place had been in, uh, in a storm, an absolute downpour of rain. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was and, like the first slight giveaway. Yeah, and so the the DC for the uh, finding out what colour it was was twenty five. I said it really high because I was like, I don't want, I want it to be a surprise. I don't want them to know what they're going into. I want them to earn it. So it's like, so if they're going to get it straight out the back, because I knew this is the first place you're going to go, it has to be a high DC. It has to be earned uh, in a way. So if you'd have hit the DC, you would have found scorch marks that looked like the wood had been. Um, singed and charred but not by fire mm-hmm. that was that how it would have been yeah. described that would have given away like oh lightning obviously um, couple that with the rain um, you know and that kind of stuff so um, that would have been your first giveaway of what colour it was so you you know you had your hunt around you found your extra party member who uh, was locked away 
in the ship as a prisoner and didn't have any windows they're in a cell so they didn't see what happened they just woke up in the crash site lucky they survived really yeah, I mean, it really was I considering mean, that everybody ab- else died an absolutely know. tremendous incredible um, stroke of luck it really is uh, God, you gotta love that plot armour and all of his guns survived I as know well. God and, and he thought all four of them were revolvers <laughs> I'm like no <laughs> only two of them if, you, if I'm being nice okay and so the next great part is we continue along we, we figure out what we think what direction the, the dragon's gone in and we continue along that path and yes this is what we do and then we start looking at the human toll of the dragon so the dragon had literally dropped a cow from a field yeah so you came across a farm you know it hit terminal velocity and plowed into this farmer's house um Mm. luckily no one had died in that house no one was in there at the time yeah but we're seeing this this absolute um gore catastrophe in this house of this mangled cow that's been flung through the the ceiling at like 500 miles an hour yeah so following the king's road you 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 know you're you're going through not the king's road the um the by roads you go through the uh the puddles and the mud of of Mm. this you you, everywhere you go you see the Storm is building You've and seen it's, this downpour. It's not actually raining at this point, no, but the storm has already come but through. But the environmental effects of this dragon that surround it, we're beginning to get yeah. a, a hint of this. There's, there's a this, static in the air. This uh, this farmhouse, the farmer and his wife outside looking at, at their like the east wing of their cottagey manory type thing, you know, not quite big enough to be a manor, but bigger than a normal house. And it had a, just a collapsed in roof with like blood on the splinters, and you could see that um there were far few too many cows in the field and and um, a massive big chunk of earth was missing. Mm. Um, and you obviously spoke to the farmer and his wife to find out, you know, what what they'd seen, what happened here. Who um, were understandably sort of in shock. In absolute shock. Now, bearing in mind that dragons haven't been seen for thousands of years, he said to you, I, you know, if I hadn't if I hadn't seen it with my own two eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. Mm. I didn't think they were real. I thought they were myth. The wife said, I, I think you, you've lost your marbles, mate. You're in stress because I didn't see anything. The rain was so thick I could barely see the hands in my hand in front of my face. And so um, that gives the, the players... But somehow a cow had ended up through their roof. Exactly. And this gives the players a real vivid image of what's going on. And what it also does is it shows you the the human toll of this um, destruction. Now, we'd mm-hmm. seen this airship, but it was far off. Everyone was already dead when we got there. But here, here there are survivors of the... Ooh, banging around. <laughs> there are survivors... <laughs> it's the thunder. The dragon's <laughs> here. <laughs> there are survivors of this next incident, right? Yeah. But they've been harmed by it. You know, all oh, their stock is gone. Their, their cows are, you know, are absolutely just obliterated in the field basically you know that their house has been smashed we're seeing this whole it's raining it's damp and so we're really beginning to get a sense of the the danger the destructive power and and, and the effect it's having on the land isa uh the character isa wanted to give the farmer some money to help rebuild and, and I was like, no we ain't got time for that his wife said uh they said, oh, will you be able to get help? And he said, oh, my son will be back from trading in a few days' time. He's only a few days' ride out. And his wife went, oh, God, I hope he doesn't see it on the way home. And it's like, oh, no, this dragon's roaming. Like, mm. It's going to run into more people eventually. Yeah, so it's like a ticking time bomb now. Yeah. Of like, how can we can we get to this dragon in time and mitigate this destruction? Oh, note as well, we should say that our ranger's favoured enemy, he can sense dragons in a five-mile radius. So every like hour he's like right i'm gonna do my one minute sense again can i find it and i'm like no no it's, uh, <laughs> it's out of five miles and what's what's interesting is so we get we at this point galahad figures out what type of dragon it is through the with the storm in the distance yeah oh yeah you get to the plains you can and we see this storm see moving storm erratically moving around, yeah. it puts together that you know normally they're like deserts or and whatever had, but there's no deserts here so it's got to be a plane scenario previously done some research into dragons in, in when you were looking into these rumors that you'd heard mm-hmm. so you had the knowledge in you from having read this book and you're like right well can I put two and two together and you got quite a good role and then this is what feels good is because and then by able to 
by giving the players the information they need to prepare, you can then reward them when they mm. do, you know, take the time to think of a game plan. So then we were like trying to give, every, like figuring out a way to give everyone absorb elements yeah, so and lightning resistances and, and key ourselves up for this battle. With the combination of the of the storm of the um, the the, the way it's moving it erratically, around, the direction that it was it flew off in towards the open plains, you worked out right. It's probably a blue dragon because usually they like deserts, but obviously our continent doesn't have any deserts so where is the most desert like place well obviously the open flat barren lands of the plains Mm -hmm. so um yeah off you went and now this i think is again showing constraint all right trying not to blow your load instantly and we only had a three hour session so this was you know yeah this was pacey uh, but it, we were it was constantly building the tension was always ramping up there, there was, was some little encounters in between yeah there was a, i mean they were saying we were great render i tried yeah. to you know make it my companion yeah. the party completely screwed me <laughs> completely ruined up for you yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the less you talk about that the better yeah, okay <laughs> <laughs> and so um we finally get onto these planes and now this is i think the uh the uh the sort of the masterstroke thank will, you thank of you. Ben's DMing you see, the, you see the storm in the distance you're approaching along the hilly grassland at the plains and every really little wagon every now and then I, I tell you okay well the rain's getting thicker now it's getting heavier um, you know it starts off as a, as a you, you set off early in the morning it starts off as a drizzle and then it gets to a heavy rain and then it gets to the point where it's sticking your face and then it's and then it's literally like you can't see like can't five feet in, five front feet in front of you. you it's really heavy and then we just like Ben's like okay you hear like a big bump on the on the road and like it sort of you know grinds you to a halt and I'm like Ben's just delaying us now he's going to make a wagon break or something yeah. and then no we go out no and it's like a it's a uh, half eaten like cow half eaten cow like the carcass just sort of strewn asunder basically yep. now that's you know that's that's ambiance Ben thank you that's ambiance and the rain the thunder and we're seeing cracks of lightning in the distance we know we're getting close yeah you're seeing them strike down finally the, the ranger begins to sense the dragon we know yeah. we're, in, we're on the we're correct the right path he, he knows he's circling up ahead and then we get this idea that he's he's coming down to land and what's really which was like the the, the perfect um, the, the chill moment if you will Ben <laughs> is we're seeing this lightning crack down from the sky periodically and, the, the thunder and, then, roll. and then the the ranger says okay he's coming down to land I think now I'm sensing it and then we see the the lightning but it thunders up into the sky yes. not down yes. and then it's like ooh he's there that's the dragon he's there. yeah and so you um you, you know you get all of these signs happening around you you descend down into into this uh, kind of natural um ravine um in the in the hilly grasslands um that's you know it's just like a dip there's hills all around you and you you find the remains of what once was years ago a farm so there's there's the skeleton shell of a cottage there's um a, a half broken down silo just weathered through years and the skeleton shell of a barn um um sort of off into the front of you and you know you're in the right place mm-hmm. you know you're on top of it and then oh, it's on top of you. And this was a great part. Is then we hear the dragon. And he starts talking to us before we see him. The rain's thick. The vision's really poor. His voice bouncing around the, the hilly cavern as he as he slowly moves. And he's around moving here. around. And what's wonderful is you know. Again, we're still trying to be tactical here, so I'm like trying to make rolls to figure out what direction he's in. I mean, I, I, I cannot be surprised, Ben. I need to get I that know, absorb I know, elements I off. I need that absorb elements, otherwise it's going to be bad news for me. Yeah, I mean, you're wearing metal armor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be very bad. And so. We're allowed to kind of be tactical and still think about our strategy. There's no sort of like sort of DM kind of rubbish here where, you know, 
you feel like with whatever you do, the encounter is going to kick off in a very specific way in the DM's head, and there's just nothing you can do about it. Mm. It still feels open enough that we have the agency to decide how we how we tackle this. I mean, you could have randomly started shooting off spells and arrows and things into the into the rainfall. Yeah, and and he would have been like, all right, fine, and like, yeah, you know, and, you, you know, know, we might have been able to have cast like change the weather or something, Maybe. you know, or, or you got a druid, you know. So there are lots of different things we could have done. Um, and what was, I would say, the most uh, visually striking thing about it, when I think about it now, like I say, that lightning going up into the sky was mm-hmm. very cool. It was like he, like the dragon's actually feeding the storm around yes. him. You know, he's he's the one keeping up the levels of, like, static energy in the air that you can just, you can feel his presence with the just... The storm follows him. You know, yeah, you, you know, you can feel his presence for how the hairs are standing up on, you know, on your arms. Um, and then we see him, like, he lands on this, like, old basically like uh, it's like the it's kind of like you know when you see Amish people build a barn and they put up the the frame of it first yeah. it's kind of like that with a little bit of wood every now and now on it because it's, it's just falling apart over years mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know like, there are Amish people in this world of cannons that's very interesting no that's very no, interesting. no um, that was just a, that was a real life ancient, reference the okay. ancient Amish that, that lived on these planes <laughs> okay I'm noting that one um, so he lands on the on the you hear you hear him fly over you you hear the beat of his wings and mm-hmm. you feel the force of it blow the rain around and he lands on the barn in front of you and um, he's he's at this point where uh Teflik, who is this he's kind of like the comic relief of the party bless him but he's so inquisitive he just wants to write everything down and he's he's like he's he keeps saying to me like i'm taking all the notes and i'm like mm. yeah okay it's pouring with rain <laughs> none of those notes are going to survive <laughs> you know he's if he walks away from this he's not going to have any notes um but what's great is the dragon hasn't start, been seen no but then we see its silhouette on this this um barn like roof, old yeah. barn roof basically we see its wings splayed it out it stands it's, it's, up it's, it strikes its wings out it's yeah. vast you know we can see this kind of silhouette raise its head up and then it starts monologuing okay yeah. so joe's thinking okay monologuing this is the perfect time to attack we need to we need to kill this thing but you know the, the dumb party are just wanting to like they want to hear more yeah they want to hear more they one of them hear his story one of them wants to like you know be friends with it be friends with it every, yeah. uh, trying to but where are they gonna learn ben you can't befriend these dragons okay <laughs> <laughs> some people are beyond saving did we not see all the cows was, <laughs> yeah. that, was that not warning it's enough? just his dinner you know? <laughs> you know? he's hungry and so what was great is again at any moment we could have attacked right you know that that was that option wasn't out of our hands we weren't no, forced no. into this engagement but and we're trying to think tactically about part what... of me would have been a little bit disappointed that you didn't hear any of his story yes yeah, so i was thinking yeah. that part of me was like okay galahad just wants to you know also the dragon ch- threatened to chop galahad's head off so it was well a bit, yeah i mean we'll get to that in a minute he was a bit um you know he's a bit incensed by that shall yeah. we say um and so when he starts monologuing talking to the party it Again, it's all for the purpose of building the tension, and the pace is just right. We the, the encounter is always moving forward. It's that all important word that we bring up yes, every week. It's not stalled with this like just back and forth of sort of endless dialogue, you know, no. before the the inevitable uh, um, initiative roll. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing: it never, it doesn't ever feel like the initiative role is inevitable right now. No. It still feels like things could go evil. Um, ben, it isn't, is it? I'm, I mean, I know for you, you it's inevitable. If you don't roll it, Ben, I'll be rolling it's, it. It's inevitable for you, I know. <laughs> um, but it never feels that way. You know, it always feels like we have the agency, but we're in this, like, inscripted encounter. It's like, you know, in... Um, 
in like a, a really good set piece in like an Uncharted game or something like yes. that. Like in the in the really good ones, you're running a, through this really really narrow channel that the, the developers designed for you to narrow, and you can't turn left or right. You can't go back. So I'm thinking about the Uncharted Four where you're on all the you're in the cars and you're driving them around and you're in that like long car chase, and you know that that's the set piece because you're seeing things explode the way they want yeah. them to, and, and this amazing set. Piece. And you have very limited options on where you can go, but, but you, do, you, you do don't have feel options that. because you can jump from car to car. Yeah. And that's the thing. Get on and, a they're, and they're really limited, yeah. but you never see the boundaries of those limitations no. because it's presented to you in such a way that you are sort of like almost subliminally always going the way they want you to go. Mm. You know, like the environment is built in the way for you to go. And it feels that way in this story encounter is that even though, even if, say, okay, it was inevitable, things were always going to happen this way, blah, 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 it wouldn't matter because it I didn't that know way. that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I always felt like I had options. Yeah. And so uh, I think that's a, uh, a sterling example of how to do uh, an Thanks initial dragon encounter and build up the, uh, it, the hype. Um, it ended with him uh, getting on this barn, splaying his wings out, lifting his head and say, saying his name and shooting lightning into the sky so that it could it could just pour and light. And he wants to tell us his story. Pour which, light down on him so you could see him. Which makes me feel like he's very he's a very vain individual, Ben. Well, he's um, a blue dragon. Now, blue dragons are very intelligent. Um, they want to uh, lead they want to be in control in control of people or minions it doesn't have to be people by per se um you know they they'd rather they'd rather have a battle of wits than a than a fight so he's he's very excited to to actually converse now bear in mind that in this world dragons have been away from the continent for hundreds of years this dragon is called lenathon um geeks out there will know who he is i have borrowed him um not one of the world's most famous See, I'm dragons. Not, I'm not a geek, so I don't. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Because I want, you know. you, I want you to I'm, learn I'm, the story. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the cool kids, Ben. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah <laughs> you don't play Magic: The Gathering. You just play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm way too cool for Magic. Yeah, Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's he's not. A f- I've taken a dragon that I wanted. Here's the thing. I was thinking about it because I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming, and I, I just. I didn't want to come up with a really crap dragon name. <laughs> like you, you, fight, you have all this build up, and then you get there, and he's like, "My name's Kraz." Like, <laughs> you know. So I found a dragon. It's me, Toby. Toby the dragon. <laughs> Toby, the, Toby the dragon. <laughs> Let's so, fight. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get to this point where I'm like, "What do I do? Do I take a do I take a pre-existing dragon?" Or no do offense I try to any, any, any Tobys, Tobys out there. No, but, yeah, um, it's not very. <laughs> does it? Toby doesn't instill fear in me. Um, <laughs> So I found this dra- this dragon that uh, wow, found the shade down on the Tobys out there. Well, mate, mate, there was a Toby in our school that was a bully, and I, he did instill fear, in me, <laughs> but not anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I went and found this dragon that that wasn't famous, but has been used within the, within fifth edition. It's a dragon from five e. I thought, Do you know what? In his story isn't finished in my eyes. I'm going to take him. I'm going to extend it for my use. Mm. Um, going now, back to our previous thieving episode. Exactly. Now all of my campaigns that I run, whether they're in uh, like Faerun and they're like Dragon Heist, or whether they're my own campaign in Esteroth, they're connected. They're the same world. They're the same universe. Um, they're on the same version of Tyrell that that you are all living on. So in, in essence, all of your characters are. are potentially mm. going to meet up at some point the crossover exactly the the crossover event to end all crossover <laughs> events <laughs> sit down rdj you have to bring like four character sheets at once yeah yeah it's gonna be messy and that's kind of happening with um a crossover to strad which we'll talk about later um or another time maybe but basically uh he's he's from without giving it away to you he's from uh a different part of the 
globe that you are living on and he has come to Esteroff. so he's got a story um and there's a reason why he's here and what he's doing but the other part of it you said earlier he tried to vex galahad he tried to he mm-hmm. said you know i'll take your head back to the other dragons and they'll 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 worship me like a god because your great ancestors and the the sword that you hold has mm-hmm. a has a history with smiting dragons mm-hmm. um, forged from the storm itself so um, very a, thematic yeah forged from a storm and and he, i mean from he ve- the gods and he vexed me in two ways one he French chop off my head which is you know yeah, naturally I mean, quite rude. yeah and then ben he invoked himself being a god and he, you know ben galahad's a bit of a pious man yeah. you know in a way well so, I should, um, I should, he didn't like that I, I should correct a little bit he he doesn't think of himself as a god he's saying Yet. he could be mm-hmm. yeah and he wants to be worshipped as one but he also referenced the Queen Mother, who we all know is Tima. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so he knows he's not on her level. Um, Yet, and this is why. This is why when I was building this campaign, this campaign and this this section with the dragon, I thought, for the love of God, I I, I want. I know you're going to fight him. I know that's going to happen. I know that's your fantasy, and I'm not going to stop that. But I want you to have the 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 slightest caution, so that he can say something that might make you go, hang mm-hmm. on, what? Because that, he's got information. And that was an excellent use of the storm by obscuring our vision to the point where we couldn't see him laying down 500 metres away and, mm-hmm. you know, plan our attack, you know, uh, and, and just have our sharpshooter archer just start pinging off arrows at 600 feet. Like yes. that, because we our vision was obscured in that way, it allowed you to control the initial engagement, but without taking away the agency. It was just we had to deal with the parameters that were put forward from it with us, which was one with, was, um, you know, obscured vision basically mm. so that limited what we could do but not completely you yeah. know it was just another kind of environmental detail to to deal with basically yeah. and um the way i see this going next session is because i know that we're, we're at a point where tensions are running high and and he you know some of the party want to hear things and you want to fight things and it, there's a bit of a mix there so there could be a whole bit of exposition that you could learn from him or he could start talking to you going, I've had enough of this. And you, you start the thing is, he, I mean, we could still be having this back and forth even as we're fighting, you know what I mean? Because he's an intelligent yes. creature that can talk. You yeah. know? That's the interesting thing about dragons is once you roll initiative and start going... You know, it doesn't they, stop the conversation. No, and they're, no. they're big enough and powerful enough that they can have a, a standard conversation whilst, you know, breathing fire and swinging their arms and whatnot. And, and their tails. Uh, and, yeah, and... Okay. So it's uh, it's uh, an interesting creature to use. I just think, I mean, when you were planning this, were you thinking about any of this um, sort of atmosphere and, and whatnot yes. during the yeah. initial stages? So for me, the planning was, because I knew that the gimmick of this session was going to be not the combat with the dragon. That's like my whole thing was the fight. That's next session. My plan is to hold that off one session. I want it to feel like you've earned it. So my whole thing was, how am I going to make it that they can track this dragon down and, and physically track him and find him and then feel like they've earned engaging with him um so the first thing i did was obviously i had my plan i had my story i knew what had happened i knew that you were going to come across the crash site and i knew that the next thing would be okay you've got to leave that crash site with some way of going to the next possible place to find another clue of where he is so it's like right how do i how do i give you hints one was right really high dc for the scorch marks then you'll you'll start to learn who he is another one was the rain i was like right in my world storms follow blue dragons so if they can if they can make the connection between the storm and every location the dragon's been in they might go okay i'm going to follow the storm now i don't know i wrote down on my notes if the players can work out a way to track the storm then they'll be able to find him i didn't know how you track the storm 
I knew that if you got to the planes, you'd be able to see it off in the distance. Mm. Uh, but I didn't. I didn't build anything because I didn't want to. I didn't want to shoehorn you in it. I didn't want to make it there only be one way you could track the storm. I wanted to leave that open. And if you came up with something like Fortune, I went, yeah, that will work. Then it would work. Um, so it was all about planning this 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 hunt. To be honest, mm-hmm. I wanted to make you feel like dragon hunters uh, a little bit. Or at least like you were pretending to be dragon hunters. And it's interesting, like, because... Oh, and the cows was another one. Yeah, and like, and like you say, like, like Galahad, like, wants to fight this guy because he no- Galahad knows he's not the, the cleverest cookie there is. You know, he's, <laughs> no. he, you know he's, got, he's got like a 10. He's perfectly average. He's pretty standard. Average, you know. average boy. So he knows he knows this guy can outwit him. You know? Yes. Most people can outwit Galahad, yeah. you know. But it's, it's his strength of will that, that um, allows him to succeed. So he... He's got to manage that with, you know, without getting tricked by this dragon or mm. getting talked into, you know, some sort of paradox that he can't find his way out of. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, he knows that, uh, you know, the dragon can just fly away if it ends up not wanting to fight. Yes. So yeah. he he needs to entice the dragon to fight. So that's why, even though it, Galahad was there threatening the dragon, talking about his dragon slaying sword and 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 provoking him yeah. with a hey, you know, yeah, come kill me, you know, it'll be great for you if, if you can do <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. you know, because but under that he is trying to be a little bit clever and say, look, I don't, I, once the dragon gets on low health, I don't want him flying away, so mm-hmm. I want him to really want to kill me, basically. Yeah, and you know as well, Galahad knows from from the research that he's done, you know, how this type of dragon thinks and and works and you know as well that he hasn't got a lair this is he's you know he's on the move he's he's not bedded down anywhere and the place you you found him is basically like like a temporary stop for him he's trying to find somewhere because he's not been in Estroth for over hundreds and hundreds of years he's been trapped away on this island with all the other dragons Mm -hmm. and that's another thing how is he here you've got to work that out and if you kill him you're not going to know. Do you mm. know what I mean? You have to wait for we'll the next one. We'll have to one. do a follow-up on this about how the, uh, the you know, the fight went and everything. And well, I've got... Hopefully, you know, the, the, the no TPK, you know, party wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah hopefully. <laughs> you know, I've got some tips that I can give now for, for what I've planned ahead. Obviously, uh, some of it will change on the fly depending on what you guys do. But my big thing is you've got to play towards the, the colour. So when picking the dragon that I wanted to be the first... This is the first dragon you've come across as this party after hearing about them for basically a year and a half now um i i thought really carefully about well one because i could make it a white dragon and you could go up into the mountains and it could be really animalistic or it could have been you know your standard red dragon and it it be like this uh, antipical atypical evil dragon kind of character but i picked blue because blue are clever and while they don't they rather not get into physical combat a clever dragon means that you can have a decent conversation there's the option for me to give exposition and there's the 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 bonus fun of of him fighting tactically so you know dragons can fly what's stopping him from flying 200 feet up and just breathing down on you mm-hmm. breathing death on and you? that's the thing and galahad knows this mm. and so he's 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 banking on the fact that he can um sort of incense him enough to not do that mm. you know and to get up amongst it I, I, Galahad wants to get him into a fury where he feels like he wants to eat him yes you know and so he's got so we've got to come down here to eat me then you we'll, know? we'll definitely do a follow up on, on, on how it, how the combat ran but from my point of view it's basically going to depend on a couple of things obviously once initiative rolled there's going to be exchange, exchanges of blows and if you hit him for the first time and it's like quite a, a low roll and it's not very powerful then I will respond by the dragon being like, I can take this, it's fine, and he'll hang around. But if you hit him and it's really bloody hard, he might go, oh, God, I've got to get out of the way of this guy. And then he'll he'll step out and he'll breathe lightning down on you, that kind of thing. Mm. I mean, he, he's, he's going to 
be the kind of fighter that adapts because that's he's clever and know? i've got i i've it's kind of interesting in my in my own campaign i've uh i have a character that that's a dragon mm-hmm. um that i've planned um also you've met a a, 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 met cr- a dragon yeah. yeah a a metallic dragon in our game yes which is obviously a bit of a different ball game but there is a chromatic dragon in my game um that i've been planning for Two years now. <laughs> we play one so infrequently that yeah. so. Well, well, we play we play Estroff quite infrequently. It, come, it comes in like spurts, doesn't yeah. it? Um, but, but this is the thing. I would just say, every time we play Estroff, do you feel like it's another like like blockbuster episode? Mm, because yeah. uh, I feel like even because we play so far apart, I put in so much extra work to make that session good. Because I never want a session to be bad. Because if it's a bad session, <laughs> when we go, should we play Astro? Everyone will go. Oh, no, I can't be bothered. Alan. If it's a really good episode, every time we well, do well, it. That's like with my. That's like with my game. It, like the past, like three have been like this. These like mega character-defining moments. Yeah. Like, like there's the big reveal, and then there's like the party. You know, sort of having this massive sort of in-depth conversation and then the world and, and the law and then the next session the party splits up and, and fights we were... each other and then I'm like <laughs> and then if the next one I'm like guys so I'm gonna go hunt some bears this one everyone's gonna be like uh. Uh, but <laughs> the thing is if we were playing every week that would feel really rushed yeah but because in real time it's months we've been sitting on what happened that last they're like session they're like MCU movies as opposed to like TV show yeah. episodes yeah you know what I mean each one's like a bit of a, a knockout yeah um, but yeah like I said I've been playing this dragon for a while and a lot of the same things you were talking about about how you introduce it. I think what's really important is when you have a big villain that you want to either have a, a lot, bit of longevity mm. or you want the whatever encounter they have with them to be very special, I think how you the, how you initially introduce them and seed them into the world and the effect they have. I love it when a villain or character can have a massive effect even when they're not even there. They're not present in the scene, mm. but just the... Uh, like... um. Like in the initial Harry Potter films, like when they're talking about Voldemort, they don't, they don't like, utter, don't his, yeah, name. they don't utter yeah. his name. He has like such a amount of gravitas in that, even though you never see him for like three films. You know, it's that's what's strong about that character. Yeah, and so I think when you can build that into the world, like a, a an intense sense of fear or um, sort of kind of submissiveness to this to it. this creature, yeah. I think that's pretty uh, pretty strong. What's fun as well for me is that you are. As, as players, you are dipping your toes in the ocean that is the dragon storyline. This guy is this guy is not a big fish. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got that vibe because he was like, and then I'm going to go back and tell all my other dragon friends. I'm like, hmm, do tell me about your dragon friends. He will tell you about his dragon friends. He'll tell you all about Dragon Tooth Point. The, good, the good. aptly named dragon. He's going to tell me. I'm like, okay, so what, what, what elements do they breathe? Okay. Do they have any weaknesses? <laughs> <laughs> are there any you don't like? like all of them. <laughs> you know. yeah, are they so allergic to anything? You know, like. <laughs> Can I poison them? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's lots to come and um, it will be interesting to go over it. So just as a quick recap then, as a player who experienced... A whole session based on dragons without an initiative role involving a dragon. What what do you think your tips are on? Yeah, on... I mean, it was all right. It was all right. Yeah, could have been. Thank better. you, mate. It was okay. What are the tips? Um, what are the tips? No, yeah. So I would say the tips are um, be conservative in your initial build up to that first encounter. You yeah. know, dole out the information at moments you feel appropriate, not just for the sake of it, because you're trying to get to. Oh, I can't wait to role play this dragon. I just need to get him in the scene. Mm. You know, hold off on it. I think. 
I'd say with probably the exception of white dragons, and even then I wouldn't really want to do it, I, w- I would never just have a dragon just show up as an encounter. No. You know, I would have maybe if you're a really high-level party and you're up in the mountains, maybe a white dragon just does just ambush you. Because a, a, dra- a white dragon white is like... animalistic. A white dragon is like the closest to like a wyvern you will get, where yes. it is just an animal that attacks. The way I would use a white dragon, if, if I was going to do a storyline that was like... Um, Oh, that you the party comes across a village and they say, Be careful going into those hills, there's a dragon in there. That dragon would be a white dragon. It mm. wouldn't be a blue dragon, do you know what I mean? I think even a white dragon you can have so much character with it being so dumb and like sort of um kind of immature in its behaviour, you mm. know, and the way it lashes out, I think that can be really fun. So even then like I would I would refrain from doing a um just a almost like random encounter type thing you need to seed the um the presence of the dragon because it's, it's in the name of the game it's like it's they've one of the most got, yeah they've got to be big it's one of the most important things so when you if you're going to do it you might as well give it the attention it deserves and i think like exp- like going through this uh, this last session and the initial build up to this this is how you uh you build that tension for the you know the, the initial, reveal the initial roll of the dice i agree with all of that and i think the extra tips i would give is think when you when you're when you're sitting in, uh, at your your notepad or your screen and you're thinking right I've got to prep a dragon, they're expecting a dragon. How am I going to do it? My tip is delay the combat. Your goal is to make the initiative roll with the dragon a session away. That's the way I thought about it, mm. and that's how I got the pacing right. And we always say you know pacing is the most important thing. Um, if you're playing a game where you're, they're all barbarians and they just want to hunt down a dragon and slice it, maybe that's the wrong thing. But this is, you know, this is a, a clever that's the thing. You're, thought, ne- you're never locking play. it off. If a player wants no. to attack the dragon, then they're going to attack it, yeah, and, exactly. and that's that. And you need to prepare for that. But don't have that be the the win state. You know, no. that that should be the uh, okay. We're at this point now, mm. but that doesn't have to be the end. No. And I, I don't. I certainly don't think it should be the beginning. No, definitely not. My other thing would be is pick a motif and stick to it so for me it was the storms and it was the cattle this dragon is hungry it wants to eat stuff it's a carnivore it's going to eat cattle Mm. um it's the storm thing is really fun for me because not only do i get to play around with weather effects and i had that that shield of sight for when you first found him i didn't want it to be like you're walking along the plains and you can see him in the distance (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah i wanted it to be like he could be on us at any moment kind of thing bit countered by the ranger's dragon sense but it worked out in my but even my, then that yeah it that, worked out it, for me it felt better be, to have that because it's like it's almost more scary knowing that he's somewhere around to, you it's more, it's, more, it's, more, it's i think it's less scary to know okay we're in these planes and we can't see and somewhere around us is in the dragon i think it's more scary to know okay we're in these planes um and we know the dragon is literally 200 meters over there yeah but we still can't see him that's like even more scary if you know what i mean and what i like about the storm as well is i'm waiting for five years down the line when we actually play a session and the dragon's like three sessions behind us um when you guys that's not an exaggeration that is how long it's going to bloody take um when we play another session and the dragon's forgotten about because we've moved on to something else hoping you survive um i can roll a storm in when you're traveling around and i can say oh you see this big giant shadow like come over you and you're all gonna go oh no it's a dragon <laughs> but it's actually just an airship do you know what i mean i and what make the, something that sticks and with something the, party. That I, the thing i really liked is when it attacked the airship it was like mm. that gives it a great sense of power because it's like whoa okay 
you literally can't go up in the sky like that that is its domain yeah you know it's like it's almost like in like a like a jaws film or something where it's like you know the water is its domain you have yeah. no power there it's the same like up in the sky you know and that was a very scary thing is like and it, you know and they tested that and they got smashed for it well the nice thing about about my campaign's setting is that because these dragons haven't been here for thousands of years everyone's just like chill doesn't worry about that like the, the sky isn't anyone's domain because mm. there haven't been dragons so now it's, it's going to be like a harsh reminder that we've <laughs> done that um, yeah don't worry level 14 mate going to get that pegasus it's going to be amazing <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, yeah th- this was a bit of a storytell episode but I uh, storytell of our session but I think there's um there's some inspiration in it oh, I think so and lessons to be learned it's also it was nice a nice little ego rub for me thank you I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you mm-hmm. think I'm going to have to really job. tone it down next time did you, did and, you, yeah. you, I'm glad you enjoyed it I'm glad but if we get TPK'd off. mate my whole my whole demeanour is going to change <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll uh, I'll bear that in mind I'll just kill you uh, uh, well, we'll I did realise well, we'll I did, so. did realise there are only two members of the party that haven't died in this campaign so yeah, going to be targeting them well only like three that haven't died to a finger of death <laughs> Yes, true. <laughs> Two of them have been fingered to death. Oh, dear. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Should we end it there? Yeah, I okay. think so. Um, you can find us on uh, We Speak Common at, uh, at Twitter, at We Speak Common on Twitter, sorry, is the way to say it, uh, at, at the sign, We Speak Common. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can smell toast. Oh, dear. Um, on Twitter, we are at We Speak Common. We are also our email, we speak common at hotmail.com. Do send us some stuff. Um, d- don't sign it, Mr. Arabian Prince, because I won't know if it's true or it's not. It's getting very confusing. Uh, if you see us on Reddit, then th- that is me. So feel free to chat to us and talk to us. And not a lot of Reddit reaction. Um, this week so it, it comes and goes I did actually have a me- we got a message on Twitter from someone who saw us on Reddit so yeah come and find us and, and chat to us we are here uh, and next week uh, is it is next week when we're going to do oh, I think so slightly on topic for this episode we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about dragons mm. we're going to be talking about um, a a lovely lovely massive campaign we're going to, it's going to be dragons and hoplites and spears and shields yes. and paths uh, i mean maybe some of you can figure it out from from those uh, sort of descriptors alone yeah made by some incredible people and we might have a little cheeky giveaway for you so, um stay tuned for that and we will see you then Bye-bye. bye thanks for listening today if you like the podcast do us a favor Leave us a like or review on your platform of choice and share us with your friends. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at WeSpeakCommon or through the email WeSpeakCommon at Hotmail.com. The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution license CC by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive. Free Music Archive.